Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And Spirit Seeker Magazine has been published for 17 years and you can read the July issue at www.spiritseeker.com. In addition to all of our uh, regular media outlets, you know, the, the, where you can find the magazine in Chicago, Kansas City, St. Louis, uh, into Arkansas, and all kinds of different parts outside of the main cities throughout these, uh, the Midwest, we will be uh, at 10 different uh, festivals and gatherings in Indiana, Iowa, Chicago, Wisconsin, Arkansas, etc. So just, you know, Know that, that Spirit Seeker is out and about, and we're just uh, helping reach so many people with the wonderful wisdom offered each month. Um, today, I will be interviewing Diana Cooper, who is a very interesting lady who uh, started dialoguing with the angels and asked for proof, and it was given to her over and over again, and this work has led her down a path that is really quite interesting. She is the founder of uh, a school that educates people, and we'll be hearing about that. She's a world-renowned lecturer. She is a, a healer. She's a best-selling author of many books, including A New Light on Angels. She uh, created the Angels of Light cards. Uh, she has Ascension cards. She, she just has so many different things. And we'll be talking about her latest book, which is True Angel Stories, 777 Messages of Hope and Inspiration. So, Diana, welcome to the call, and thank you so much for being my guest today. Hello. It's really nice to be here. <laughs> so, it sounds as if all of a sudden things just changed in your life very dramatically and quickly. You know, when I was, you know, reading about your first uh, angel encounter, but but let's, you know, let's just let you share with the the listeners how this all came to be, and and you know how your life has changed from all of this. Well, it all started when I was forty two, and I was getting divorced. I'd just come to live in England. I knew nobody, and I was at rock bottom despair. I couldn't see a future. Everything seemed black. I had no religious understanding, no spiritual understanding whatsoever. And yet, I threw myself into a chair and said, if there's anything out there, show me. And you've got one hour, because I was going out an hour later. And an angel came in, a beautiful six-foot golden being of light. And literally, he stretched out his hand, pulled me out of my body, and we flew together to all sorts of places the most important of which was when we flew over a hall full of people with rainbow auras. And I looked down and said, am I down there in the audience? And he said, no, no, you're on the platform. You're to be a spiritual teacher. Wow, I knew nothing about anything. But he brought me back exactly one hour later, and I knew that my life had to change. And it did. I trained to be a hypnotherapist, and then I started to meet people on a similar pathway to me, and a healer, 
and I left my husband and I set up in practice and I worked not with the angels at that time but I was aware of them around my clients and it wasn't until 10 years after the first visit that I was lying in the bath asking for some guidance from the angels when the angels came in again and this time they said we want you to tell people about angels and I said hey hey no thank you people think I'm mad I just want some guidance about my evening classes and they said who's running your classes is it your ego or your higher self I never ever forgot those words and I got out of the bath and sat with the towel around me and three angels stood in front of me and gave me all sorts of information about the angels and why they were all coming in now and how everybody had a guardian angel who held your divine blueprint, who constantly whispered encouragement to you and loved you unconditionally and all the things that most people now know about angels but which that length of time ago they didn't. No, I mean, angels were, you know, something that were somewhat um, mystery, Um, you know, a mystery. A lot of people were like, oh, yeah, I know there are angels, but, you know, they didn't really know what they were. And now it seems that, you know, you turn on the TV and there's there are shows about touched by an angel. And, you know, so so what what do you think, Diana, has happened that people are so much more open and, and really listening Well, 2012 was really the end of the Atlantean era and the start of the 20-year transition to the new golden age. And to help the energy frequency rise, the angels started to come in. And at the same time, people were already changing their energy so that the angels could come in and touch them and be with them. And so literally, flocks and flocks of angels are coming to Earth now to help us with this massive transition into the fifth dimension. So the world was third dimensional, and then it rose into the fourth dimension, and now we have 20 years to get everybody into the fifth dimension, to live in harmony, see the best in each other, work in cooperation, and act with integrity. And the angels are helping us with this process. I mean, the world has massively shifted energetically. All the secrets are coming up. Banks are changing. The old economic dinosaurs are collapsing. Businesses that aren't in alignment with the new paradigm are all starting to go. And we can see it in front of our eyes. Places are already being cleansed with floods and fires. But this doesn't really start until 2017. And then we will see all dark places starting to be cleansed. So that by 2032, wherever you walk on the planet, you will have that wonderful feeling that you do if you go to a beauty spot or a high power energy. Because the ley lines will have been cleansed. Right. You know, um, I have I have three children, and and my my middle child, my daughter, is living. Uh, she's been living in Spain and Italy this last year, and on mm. Easter she was able to hear the um, the Pope's address to the people, and she said, "You know, Mom," she said. He basically said the world is really kind of a messed up place right now, and he mm. said, "We if we do not have hope, though, that things will change, we have nothing." 
And that's absolutely true. And it is messed up, but it's like a house move. In order to move to a bigger and better house, you have to clear out all the cupboards, you have to throw away the stuff you don't want, decide what you are going to take with you, and be ready to buy new stuff for the new energy. And that's exactly what the planet is going through now. And that's exactly why people are feeling so stressed, because they're having to deal with all this unconsciously. Right. Well, and and you know the the you know the Earth changes and everything that that have been happening. You know, people say, "Oh, is this global warming or or what is it?" It's so many different elements. I think with you know the shift in consciousness and 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 the way we're all connecting in new ways. Absolutely, and the way we have much more compassion and understanding now than we ever did before. Mm-hmm. We're treating animals differently, and. I know it's still got a long, long, long way to go, but things are looking up for animals. And Archangel Felier is coming in. He is the angel of animals. He is a beautiful yellow color, and you can ask him to help your animals or any animal that you see in television that's in distress or that you hear about, and help will go to them. And interestingly enough, the great portal for animals is Yellowstone. And that started to open as a portal at 2012. And it's just starting, it's going to continue to open until 2032. And it's radiating out this yellow energy, which is helping animals, but is also helping humans to open their minds to the fact that animals are mighty beings on their own soul journey and must be treated with honor and respect. You know, you you have a whole section in your uh, latest book, True Angel Stories, uh, 777 Messages of Hope and Inspiration. And this archangel that you are describing working with the animals, I was not familiar with, but I found this, uh, you know, I just read it and I thought, oh, you were just spot on with all of it. Um, And listeners, the the archangel that Diana is talking about is spelled F-H-E-L-Y-A-I. So, you know, Diana, let's talk about this because, you know, I just think I, I think you have tapped into something that is so phenomenal with, with working with the animals in this particular archangel. Mm-hmm. It's very, very important. I tell the story in the book of when I was walking in my local forest and there's a, a big clearing area and there were a whole lot of deer in there. My little dog, of course, wanted to chase them, but I stopped her and we sat down and we watched them. And I said, Archangel Fellier, please come in and touch each one of these deer. And to my amazement, I saw a yellow light go on over each one in turn across the meadow. And it it was just awesome. It was like, yes, the angels are there responding to my request to help the deer. Just beautiful. And deer, symbolically, it's my understanding, represent innocence and... Uh, just knowing that you're divinely protected. So that that really, you know, when I was reading that section of the book, I thought, oh, my, you know, and the different animals and different cultures represent different things. But um, but the one thing that is, is across the board is people totally treasure and love their animals overall. Yes. Well, we look after our domestic animals, not quite so good as some of the other ones. We need to change that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, when we talk about the the angel watching over us, 
is can you differentiate or, or explain to the listeners, you know, some people say, well, I know I have a guardian angel, and then other people say, oh, I know I have all kinds of angels watching over me. Can you, um, would you be kind enough to explain the different types of angels and um, and then just elaborate wherever you would like? Okay. Now, there, there are many, many angels on different frequency bands. They are all equal. It's more like seeing a tapestry of different colors working on different energies. The one that can come to the slowest frequency that nearly matches ours is the guardian angel. And so every single person has a guardian angel that is always with them and watching over them. But there are many, many others, from angels of mercy to angels of love to to all sorts of ones. And then, of course, there are the archangels, of which there are many, and many of them are coming closer to us now as our frequency rises, and they bring their energy down to match ours. And so everybody knows Archangel Michael, the deep blue angel who has a sword and who protects you, gives you strength and courage. And there are many stories of Archangel Michael coming in. In the book, there are stories where he comes in and he helps planes that are uh, being turbulent and moving around, and he just comes in and stops it if somebody asks, or gives you the courage to go and say something or do something. And then there's Raphael, bright green healing angel and I have two or three times just seen his energy flash through me if I've been sending somebody healing and the angel himself comes through then to touch that person. He's also in charge of travelers and in charge of abundance because he's in charge of the third eye chakra which is the chakra of abundance and when it's connected to Jupiter when we have cosmic abundance then, of course, we have abundance on every level. And Archangel Chamuel is the angel of the heart. Personally, I'm working a lot with the universal angel, Mother Mary, who is an angel who has never incarnated, but who overlit Mother Mary when she was the mother of Jesus. And that same being was Isis in the Muria and was, uh, sorry, Isis and Atlantis, Mara in Lemuria, and each time has been overlit by the great universal angel Mary. I'll tell you something absolutely fascinating about Mother Mary. In the golden era of Atlantis, she worked with her beautiful pale aquamarine frequency, very, very high frequency indeed. And of course she could work on other frequencies, like the darker blue that we tend to associate with the person Mother Mary and with magenta. But now, for the first time, we're seeing her coming through in orbs in her beautiful pale aquamarine. So we are drawing in that higher energy now. Well, and you, um, you I, I, it's my understanding, and I hope I'm correct on this, that you have a book, uh, you have two different books on understanding orbs. Yes, yes. There are two books on orbs, Ascension Through Orbs and Enlightenment Through Orbs. And they're really, really important because they show pictures of the orbs. There are also orb cards. And when you've got the picture of the orb, you're actually receiving the energy of the angel or archangel that is impressed upon it. So as soon as you take a photograph and there is an orb in it, 
you can keep that energy. It's continuing to radiate to you. Well, and for listeners who are not familiar with orbs, uh, or what we're talking about and saying, what are they talking about? You know, orbs uh, can be different colors, and that's why when you were describing, you know, uh, Mary's uh, orb now being this beautiful aquamarine, you know, a lot of people just think they're, they're, they're these white orbs that you see um, on photographs, and you think, oh, that was just the flash. No, it wasn't no. just the flash. No. <laughs> now, well, what happened was that the angels have been saying for a long time that they wanted to give us proof of their presence. And so they worked with scientists and technologists who were open and unconsciously impressed upon them to create digital camera frequencies that the angels could bring their frequency down to. And so when they did this, they were able to bring their energy, their light body down, so that it could be captured in the photograph and hold the energy of that angel. But, of course, the person who's taking the photograph also has to raise their energy, which is why at parties and weddings when people are celebrating and happy, you tend to get lots of orbs in the photographs. Because they want to be there and and they're watching over and joining in that celebration energy. And the person is also raising their frequency to take the photographs. You know, I was um, looking through family photos. I just, you know, was looking through this book and I saw my um, first communion where my godparents, who were very, very compassionate people, and I mean, they were married for a year before they told my uh, grandmother that they were married because um, they they knew that my grandmother would not accept financial support if they knew that they were married. So for a year of their first marriage, uh, the first year of their marriage, my uh, Aunt Louise would go home to her mother's house, even though she had this husband. And, of course, you know, when they got pregnant, it's like, oh, guess what, we are married, <laughs> et cetera. Mm-hmm. But they were my, my godparents, and they just had these kind, kind hearts. And so here it is on my first communion, they gave me a statue of, um, you know, Blessed Mary. And there is that. That's one of the first pictures that I I noticed in you know the family photos where it is bright, like just bright. And um, when you're looking at the picture face on, it's on the right side, which would have been my left side. And then it goes on and on. Almost every picture from my childhood, you know, especially if it was some kind of um, a happy occasion, there is the orb on every picture. And it's and other pictures were taken of other children in my family, and it, it just wasn't there. Uh-huh. And what color was it? It was like white but golden. You know, it was it, it was mainly white but golden color too. Right, lovely. Yeah. That is absolutely beautiful. And without seeing it, I couldn't say which archangel was in it. But it's, that's just absolutely fabulous. And they're yeah. all working together. And I'm sure Mother Mary was with you. Oh, I used to pray to her all the time, and um, and I feel that you know it's it's interesting. You know, someone um, wants to create this this trip to Spain where we will take people to where um, Mother Mary went after uh, the crucifi- crucifixion. She didn't stay where she was. She went to another part. I think it was of France. And you know, I just feel like she's working extra, 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 extra right now, along with Archangel Michael. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's beautiful. (laughs) And also, she's helping all these new children to come in, very high-frequency souls. And as I'm sure you know, when a mother is pregnant, she is surrounded by Mary Blue. And the child 
is surrounded for the first year. But if it's separated from the mother, of course, it loses that connection. And Mother Mary asks us all, if a child is separated from its mother, to visualize her blue around the child to help it. Oh, that is beautiful. That alone right there. Yeah, that's beautiful right there. I'll tell you how I know, because one of my daughters had meningitis when she was a baby, and she was in hospital for a month, and so, of course, she wasn't in my energy. She missed that out. And I was giving her healing. It must have been about 15 years ago. And Mother Mary came in, and she told me this and said that my daughter had missed out on that energy, but that I could send it to her inner child now, and it would help the inner baby to grow and develop even now. So it's never too late. Right. You know, and, you know, we we went through, you know, the indigo children, then we went into the crystal children, and now the children that are coming in are so advanced. Well, they are. And they're no longer having to step down through the four ascension planets of the Pleiades, Orion, Sirius, and Neptune. They can come in directly so that they can bring a higher frequency with them. So we are going to see big changes. You know, Diana, we can talk about so many different things. And I I just want to mention, uh, listeners, some of the different things that Diana covers in this new book. She talks about angel signs and how to recognize them, um, recognizing numbers and um, and names and uh, and how to know, uh, you know, and how to reach the angels, you know. And um, you talk about traffic angels. You talk about travel angels. And um, I'm getting ready to be traveling on airplanes and trains and everything, so I was especially grateful for that chapter and did not really yes. realize that Archangel Michael was the travel angel. I don't know why. I just never put that two to, those that together. Well, Michael and Raphael you can work with either of those when you're traveling. I was asked Michael to look after my suitcases and Raphael to help the journey go smoothly. So... Well, and then you talk about the, um, as I mentioned earlier, the angels and the animals, and she, um, Diana, covers all different kinds of animals and insects, which most people um, tend to avoid, but they're just so highly intelligent um, in the way in which they work together. Um, Would you like to talk about anything in that section of your book? Yes, there's one story which I know somebody sent in. It's called Conference of Wasps, and she had a stable with horses in it, And the wasps created a nest just at the entrance. And so she went in and she talked to them and asked them to move. And when they hadn't gone in 24 hours, she talked to the spiders. And she said to the spiders, please ensure that none of my horses get touched by a wasp. And the spiders built a big web and a wasp was caught in it. And after that, the wasps moved their nest and they had no trouble whatsoever. Wow. I know. If we if we communicate instead of being aggressive, uh-huh. it, they feel the difference in the energy. Don't forget, a butterfly is an insect. It comes from a caterpillar. A lot of these insects come from, you know, are more highly evolved than we right. have any idea of. I just saw the flight of the butterflies um, at the Omnimax Theater in St. Louis, and when you see these millions of butterflies migrating and and landing, traveling from here to Mexico and 
you know, from the U.S. to Mexico, I should say. And, you know, there is this uh, couple who, who this was their life work. I mean, they worked with the butterflies and they wanted to know where they they went. And so they started tagging them. And you see this brilliance. Like, you know, they just know. It's like the, the Capistranos, uh, you know, birds that return, the swallows that return. Mm-hmm. It, it's just such a, a different intelligence, so advanced. Yes, it is. And birds, of course, they are messengers for the angels. Birds come here not to learn anything at all. They come here to teach us. And I find that fascinating. Every bird you see is showing you, demonstrating something to you. With animals, they come in to learn as well as to teach. But those birds, they're only here just showing us what to learn about life. Well, they're so happy. You know, they're just so well, happy. Well, that's one of the things they're teaching us. Right, How to right. enjoy us in the face of all sorts of circumstances. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was in Greece many, many years ago, and you know, I, I it was a it was a trip with you know spiritual healers from all over the world, and I was uh, told that because I was bringing a group of twelve, that I would be an honored guest um, and could just relax. But then when I arrived. Um, I received other instructions that I was in, in charge of the logistics team and all of the translators and all of the assistance to the trainers. You, you get the picture. So here I am all of a sudden thinking I was having just this relaxed experience, and then I was in charge of everything from the air conditioning that didn't work down to um, a trainer, you know, having special needs. And, you know, in the middle of all this, there were all these meetings, and, you know, it was very, very intense. And one night, we were outside, and the insects were so loud. It was, you know, it was, it was dinner. All the meals were eaten outside. And I just psychically said, I didn't know I could even do this, but I psychically said to the insects, please, just 10 minutes of quiet, please. And I kid you not, Diana. It was totally still. Now, no one else really noticed because no one else was as aware, you know, probably at that moment of the, I mean, I was just like so like overloaded with information and I just needed this quiet. And then after 10 minutes, they started up again. But it was was like, that was the first time I really understood that that the animals at that level can, can really telepathically go back and forth. Oh, absolutely. And they are feeling our vibes. They're listening to us. And working with us, and they're working with their angels. So, what do you make of like right now with the bees disappearing and so many different things turning upside down? With you know, hot weather where it's supposed to be cold, cold weather where it's supposed mm-hmm. to be hot. Mm-hmm. What is your take on all of this? Well, the bees. I think it's it's a huge tragedy. We can't manage without the bees. They are warning us that we have got to change. As I understand it spiritually, the vibrations that sent out with mobile phones and all of that sort of thing are really damaging the bees. And so we have to start raising our frequency and changing the frequency bands that we use. Same with the dolphins. Dolphins slightly different in that they are teaching us. But they also, their, their sonar is being interrupted by the frequency bands that we're using underwater as well as above water. And so then they cannot purify the water in front of them. And that's how they bring in the wisdom from Atlantis and Lemuria, by swimming in that clear water. And so 
we are causing a lot of problems and the animals are doing their best to draw it to our attention. Yeah. I um I used to take people swimming with dolphins and I had a You've done a, everything. Well, you know what? I'm a seeker. That's why the magazine's called Spirit Seeker. And, you know, I just haven't really rested much this lifetime. I'm always, like, too engaged and excited about, you know, life. Well, when you pass over, won't you be pleased? (laughs) You'll be pleased. You'll say, oh, I've done really well. I've done all of these things. (laughs) Well, and, you know, every day I wake up and I, you know, I just say, okay, angels and guides and wonderful beings just you know i am here it's an ascension mantra that i heard many years ago i am here i am open i am ready guide me and then the most amazing things happen by by that you know invocation but but i wanted to share a story about dolphins um this friend of mine who you know kind of coached me in you know creating a wonderful trip with swimming with the dolphins had a group uh one time in key largo and there was this lady who is frightened of going into the water i mean dolphins are very big people you know look mm-hmm. at flipper and flipper looks kind of small but really they're they're very big and yeah so this lady was sitting on the edge of the dock frightened to go into the water and you know the you know my friend said it's okay you're still getting the experience just 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 be be okay with that and if you feel comfortable going in the water fine but if not that's fine so the lady's sitting there and this dolphin came flying out of the water and its beak hit her on i don't remember if it was her left or her right breast but it left this huge bruise and mark you know from from that so they took her to you know the hospital just to make sure everything was okay when they did the scan there was a huge tumor there that she was not aware of that dolphin scanned and mm. yes, exactly. So you know the dolphins are so highly intelligent. Mm. Yeah. Well, they are. I tell you a story. When I was swimming in Hawaii, and I was with a friend who was a much stronger swimmer than I was, and the dolphin suddenly went from our side of the cove, shot to the other side, and all the strong swimmers swam after her. And I said, Look, "Let's just wait here and call them." And if it's right, they'll come back to us. And so we waited there and we snorkeled quietly and just saying to them, we'd love to see you if you'd like to come back and asking the angels to bring them back if it was right. And this pod of mothers came with babies and they just flew, came around underneath us, did a circle, came back again. And as they came back the second time, three babies turned to their mothers and started to suckle on their teats. Oh. And I thought, oh, wow, that is just a message of total trust. Right. Oh, that is beautiful. That is. And, and I, they responded to the call that we sent out. I, you know, I have just read so much on the the subject of you can literally sit and do exactly what you did. You you said no, let's just stay here. Let's call them into us, and they they get it. They they understand it. And you know, my last trip with the the dolphins was in 1997, and I was eight months pregnant actually at the time, and um, was in the water. And I I had hired a cap dive captain for the boat. With, for the children that were there at the program and they made encounters you know total mini encounters because the dolphins mm-hmm. love children they love the way their laughter and okay. all of that but i the the captain on my boat was someone that i had never used before and her boyfriend was along and he was very aggressive in the water and i i told her i tried telling her politely twice and then the third time i said if your boyfriend goes in the water again i will not be paying you for this trip when we get back this trip 
was not uh, coordinated with this man uh, as part of it, and he does not understand the dolphins. I said, so you can think about that and make your decision before we um, put our anchor in next. Because, I mean, she just wasn't listening. So we went into the water, and I said to the dolphins, please scan me, and if there is anything that needs to be corrected with this child, please, please, um, I am open to receiving this healing now. I kid you not. They came from four points. They were in the four directions, north, Ooh. south, east, west, and they anchored. And there was a woman with me who was there on her, it was her 60th birthday party at that time because she just, um, she just, you know, she was on this trip as a gift from her daughter. And we both just, you know, we both felt it. And, you know, you could just feel them helping and assisting and saying everything's fine. <laughs> You know, you try and describe this to, and you know, people, and sometimes they're like, mm-hmm, sure. But, you know, just like the angels, mm-hmm, sure. And now it's everywhere. People are getting it. Yes, they are. It's, it's amazing everywhere. And it's a lovely story. And I love um, the way the unicorns also love children and respond to them so well. And they are the, as you know, the most beautiful pure beings, known as the purest of the pure. And in Golden Atlantis, everybody had their unicorn. And, of course, they had to withdraw as the energy devolved. But now, at last, it's going up again. And when the unicorns see your light going on over your head to say that you're ready to be in service to the planet, then they come to you and start to work with you and through you. And they shower their beautiful light over people and help them to find that purity and higher integrity and the charisma and whatever they need in order to bring their missions forward. You know, Diana, you uh, you just know so much about this. And, and some of the questions that, um, you know, people have asked about angels, so I'm just going to, you know, be a surrogate asker. Um some people will say, well, I, I understand we have a guardian angel, but then do we have a life purpose angel? Or how is it that we could have more than one angel? Um, and how do we how do we know who our angels are? So I know you address some of this in this book, but is there, is there um, any wisdom that you would like to offer to a person who's like, well, how can I have five angels following me or helping me? Okay. The, the more you use the angels the more angels come to you and stay near you. So if when you see an ambulance, you ask angels of healing to go and help the person in the ambulance, and when you pass a school, you ask the angels to go and enfold any child or teacher that needs help, or when you're in the woods, you call on the angels to help the trees. If you constantly do that, then you will be surrounded by and followed by a whole lot of angels. And I know this because... Many years ago, I went to stay in a a little bed and breakfast place, and I didn't know it, but the lady who ran it was a medium. And when everybody got up to leave the house next morning, she said to me, hey, you, you've come with all these angels, and when you go out, you just leave them here, and they're sitting around my garden. Use them. And I thought, wow, of course. (laughs) I've got all these angels with me. And um, and so I make sure I use them, because otherwise they can't do anything. They're unemployed, hanging around street corners, waiting, waiting for us to be the intermediaries that link them to their tasks. That's beautiful. 
You know, and and you know they they it's my understanding that the more you invite them into your life, you know, and I know this from my own experience, but you know they 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 don't just come come in. I mean, sometimes they do, but for the most part they like to be invited. Oh, yeah. Well, most part they have to be invited because of our free will. And so they'll do anything for us, but sometimes they cannot come through because they would be interfering with our free will if they did. But if we say, angels, please will you help me with this, or please will you help that person if it's for their highest good with this, then they can do it. We can help people everywhere. And in Syria, terrible what's going on there. And I was told to send the fire dragons in, who are fourth-dimensional elementals, who can burn up the lower energies that the angels can't get to, and to send the unicorns and the angels in at a higher level to help clear the higher, to help bring in the higher frequencies. Well, you know, and Diana, you have just demonstrated so many times, like, you know, when you um, when you first were looking for the house and you had X amount of money and then all of a sudden it's like the bills came in and, um, you know, just way in excess of the amount of money in the bank account and you're like, okay, if you want me to live here, <laughs> you, you better... The money right. So, yeah. I mean, and, and what, as you just, you know, demonstrated mastery and, and not mastery, but the co-creation and mastery, yes it is, mastery of, of mind, you know, getting rid of those those thoughts that are like, what? You know, I mean, it just had to be such a journey considering that, you know, when all of this first started happening, you you just really didn't understand it, but they but they knew that you this was part of your destiny. Yes, and I have to confess, although you said it was a very sudden and quick change, it wasn't really because I carried on doubting for a long time and the angels kept sending me proof. Like the most amazing one was something that happened two two or three days in succession and I went to a spiritualist church for the first time and I sat and worried at the back and at the end this man came from the front row and he said to me I'm very sorry I've been tuning into your thoughts you keep worrying and I've had an angel here telling me to tell you not to worry everything's going to be all right I thought wow and then a couple of days later I was in the high street looking in a shop window still worrying about what I was going to do. And a stranger came up to me and said exactly the same words. It's just fascinating. It's yes. just fascinating. It's so very hard to help us. Well, and, and this book covers uh, cutting cords and how the eight different angels can help us with that. Let's let's talk. You know, you have meditations in here. You, you this is a very this book just has so much. I love this book. But um, it's a dip-in book as well. You can just go in anywhere and right. get some ideas as well as inspiration about what to do. So. So enlisting angels and cutting cords, um, is the main angel that helps with this, is that Archangel Michael, or it can be any of them, depending on what the situation is? Usually Michael is the one that comes in and cuts the cords with his great sword. He's always seen with this sword of truth, and that's one of the things he can do. And, of course, you can cut your own cords, but when he does it, he sends energy in that goes right into the root of the cord and helps it shift more quickly. And let me explain, as you know, I'm, I know, that 
um, every time you send a thought to somebody or an emotional energy to them, you send a little, you create a little cord between them. And the more intense the energy between you, especially things like anger, the bigger the cord that is pulling you around and, and manipulating your life. And so even if you think you've got a good relationship with somebody, it's a very good job idea to cut those cords. And then you can be free from all that emotional stuff between you. Mm-hmm. Well, and you talk, um, you have whole sections on grounding and protection and um, communicating with the angels and guided meditations and automatic writing. I mean, you just cover so many things in this one book. Yes. Well, many, many teachers and other people wrote in and shared their stories, which was what made it possible. And, of course, we made it 777 messages of hope and inspiration because 7 is the angelic number. That's the angelic frequency. So 777 triples the angelic frequency and the vibration in the book. You know, Diana, let's let's change gears for just a moment, um, and let's talk about your school and what you're doing with that these days, and any other new work that you're doing. I mean, you're just so busy with your angel cards and your books, but then on top of that, you have a school still. Yes, um, the school was was originally made, created in order to train people to go out and teach about angels and ascension, but now we've added other courses like Atlantis, Transformation, Unicorns, Sound Healing has just come in. And there are lots and lots of people involved in helping set the courses up and train. And people go all over the world to train teachers. Uh, it's, It's marvelous. It's absolutely amazing to me how dedicated and devoted people are and how much work they will put in or the angels right. in order to help this all work because it's a not-for-profit organization. And so there's a huge amount of love goes into it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and just look at all the people that you have helped through, you know, feeling, you know, oftentimes when people have these experiences, they they feel like, was that real? Was I Am I crazy? And then when they yeah. find someone else that, oh, yes, and understands, it just... You know, it just changes everything. Well, can I just share a story that you've reminded me of? When I first had my little dog, Venus, I took her to the woods, and for some extraordinary reason, she was terrified, and I thought, what is going on? I brought her home, and I thought about it, and then I realized that she's very, very sensitive, and she was seeing all the elementals, and she was scared of them. So next day, I carried her into the woods, and I held her, We sat on a bench, and I told her about the elementals, and then I called them in. And it was bizarre. Fairies, elves, imps, all sorts of elementals came streaming in from all directions, and they made friends with her. And she just jumped off the bench and played with them and loved it and has never been scared since. And I started taking her to poppy class. And I met somebody there who told me that her puppy wouldn't go into the woods. She was terrified. So I took a risk and told her this story. And she said, instead of saying, oh, God, you're crazy, she said, well, I'll try it. And when I saw her the following week, she said, I took Buddy into the woods and I asked the elementals to come and talk to him. She said, I couldn't see anything. But from that moment, he's been quite happy to go into the woods. Wow. 
So they, they, they were almost, well, not almost, they were the guides to say, look, we're here, it's fun, come play. You know, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. I know when one of my grandchildren was three weeks old, and for the first time we went into the woods and um, we got to one corner and the, all the elementals that I normally see in the woods were sitting, waiting for us. And they said, please, please, can we say hello to the baby? And, you know, they stood, formed a queue, and once a time they climbed onto the pram and blessed her. Oh, it was just beautiful. Now, was this the granddaughter that was born uh, when you were in Ireland, or is this a different <laughs> granddaughter? It's the same one. I had a feeling when you were describing it, I thought, I bet this mm-hmm. is the one she wrote about. Because, yes. you know, at first you were like, why is she choosing to be born when I'm not there? And because it doesn't matter. There's such a strong connection between the two of you that she knows you're there. Well, that's right. What happened was that I got the text, went into the meeting I was in, and um, my guardian angel wasn't there. And I came back as soon as I noticed. And I said, well, hang on, where have you been? And he said, I've been taking your love to the baby. Oh, so And they said, you know, you've got this great, strong bond of love. You don't need to be there. And her name is Kailani, is that how you pronounce Kailani, it? Kailani, yes. Kailani. Oh, that is so beautiful. I'm assuming that's Hawaiian? I mean, it feels Hawaiian. Yes, well, it is a Hawaiian name, but um, they didn't pick it up in Hawaii. They just heard it and loved it, and obviously it was right for her. Wow. So with with babies when they first come in, what what uh, especially the babies being born today, what um, wisdom do you have to offer in helping helping them, uh, like you t- you taking your granddaughter, you know, out into the woods and saying, oh, come play, come see all the magical things that are available, and you know, even your guide, you know, covering for you while you're at this meeting, saying, oh, I was busy sending your love to the baby. <laughs> it's like it's so perfect, Diana. I mean, I just oh, I when I when I. Yes, but you know what I'm saying. But but for new mothers and and fathers, you know, with these little babies, are you would you suggest just you know definitely being present with nature right from the start? I think it's really important to go out and put their feet on the grass and let them feel the earth. And remember, Mother Lady Gaia, who's in the centre in Hollow Earth, in the very centre of the planet, she invited us. So everybody received an invitation, but we forget about it. And putting the baby's feet in the earth gives them a reminder of that uh-huh. and helps them to feel connected and welcome and belonging on earth. And so being out in nature is wonderful for babies. And I think things like soft music, but also really, really trying hard to keep the frequency of the house high because these autistic children so often they can't cope with the low energies on earth. And so they withdraw their soul energy. And this is where unicorns come in, are very helpful in helping the child to bring their soul energy back to earth again. They, they get very ungrounded. I knew a little girl who was very slightly autistic very ungrounded, and was very difficult as a result. She was always screaming and crying and yelling. And I put her name onto an orb of a unicorn and Sandelson, and her mother said to me a week later, who didn't know I'd done this, said to me a week later, you know, she seemed to be so different. She's much more grounded. She's much happier. I don't know what's happened. And I thought, thank you, Unicorn. Thank you, Sandelson, for helping her. 
Right, just balance the energy and help her be grounded. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. with what, what with the rise in autistic children, you know, I, I was just uh, talking to someone today about a person specializing with yoga and autistic children, and I thought, oh, that's the first time I've heard that. You know, they, they say it's on the rise, but do you feel that it's on the rise, or do you feel that we're just well, knowing? Well, I think I, what I feel is that there are a lot of children who are very, very high-frequency souls, and they have no idea how difficult it is to come into the low frequency of Earth, where you hear loud noises, where there's always a lawn being cut or a tree being cut or something, so that that makes noise, where some of the music is quite raucous, where people are, are crammed together, where there's traffic and Internet, and these children, they can't cope with the low frequency of that, and so it's so 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 important to help them um to help the whole household raise the frequency. Yeah. Take them to beauty spots, let them be near rivers and, and um oceans. To right. help them integrate what's going on. You know, so many people do um do not understand what is happening with the electromagnetic fields, you know, the EMFs. And, you know, I'm a feng shui consultant, but I also had the opportunity to study uh, the subject of biobiology, which is looking at, you know, what are you putting on your walls, what are you putting on your floors, and, and you know, looking at all the different things that, you know, we're surrounding ourselves with. And, and you know, like, and I demonstrated to a class of, a couple of months ago how uh, checking with the, the, the EMF uh, or the dousing you know how a cell phone changes your whole magnetic field around you and then just putting a piece of black tourmaline on your cell phone can neutralize those emfs and then mm-hmm. checking it well that's from the earth i mean this is these are the the beautiful things that that the uh, the earth has to counter counteract shall we say some of these yes. detrimental things but most people just have no clue yes i know it's really sad isn't it it would be wonderful if everybody, or if it was automatically placed in the cell phone somewhere. I know. So, Diana, we have a few more moments. Um, I, I I would like to just touch briefly on the lost and found angels and how, uh, I mean, some of your stories are so great in that section. I mean, all of the sections, but, you know, um, you, you have house and cleansing angels. You have lost and found angels. There there are just so many different angels Um and and people just really don't have to know who they're calling as long as they're calling in someone. Angels, angels, please use your white light to, you know, help us find the missing keys. And I, I love that story of the missing keys story, if you want to share that or, or another one. Um, I think that all of those stories where somebody has had the faith that they will, that the angels will help them are just so important. The one that really struck me when I was reading through them again was, the one where she'd um, asked the, she'd lost her purse, and it was actually in full daylight on this grass by a um, school and by a bus stop, and where people passed all the time. But from the moment she realised she'd lost it, she had asked the angels to just hold it for her, and she had affirmed that my purse is found. And next day, there it was, intact, cards and money intact just waiting for her. Oh, 
I just, you know, I just love this. It's just beautiful. And it's the <laughs> trusting, but it's also the faith that you talk about. And just, yes. just you know, and being willing, you know, to receive the um, the miracle, shall we say. And you're right. It is like miracles that they allow to happen all the time. Right. So, listeners, I want to mention um, the website, uh, dianacooper.com, um, and there's so many beautiful, uh, there's articles, there's information, there's all the different um, books and products uh, that Diana has created over the years, and she explains a little bit about um, Atlantis, Ascension, the Angels, the Unicorns, the Keys to the Universe. She talks about orbs and all of the different books that she has written on this, and um, I do want to talk just a little bit, and I know we're almost out of time, but just any words of wisdom to prepare us for this 2032? I mean, I know we're in the shift now. It's, you know, it seems far away, but it will be here before we know it. Any last words of wisdom to help us with the ascension that is happening right now? Well, one of the best things is to just be yourself and always be true to yourself. And if somebody harms you, remember that that's their problem and just bless them. And if you can do that, your passage will be easy. Oh, Diana, thank you so much. And listeners, I want to, um, you know, mention the book that we've been discussing today, along with the, you know, some of the other books that Diana has written. It's True Angel Stories: Seven Hundred and Seventy-Seven Messages of Hope and Inspiration. It's published by Fintorn Press, and uh, you can find uh, an article in the July issue of Spirit Seeker. Just go to www.spiritseeker.com, click on the July cover, which has a beautiful Buddha with a happy rainbow, and you'll see an article by Diana. Um, well, it's, an, it's explaining about the book, but you can go to her website, and everything can, you know, anything else you want to get for contact information, Diana? Um, no, just www.dianacooper.com. Yeah, and all the information is there. There's a children's corner there. You can pick your cards for today. I mean, you just, it's just wonderful. You can just, sign oh, up for my newsletter as well. I give oh, lots great. of information every month in my free newsletter. Yes, and you know you you just are helping so many people. So thank you so much for um, finding the time to to be on the show and being part of the magazine. And you know we're just very grateful to have you as a guest. And um, and thank you for the work you're doing and sharing with so many. And um, thank you. Okay. All right. Okay, and listeners, you can support this show in several ways. One, on uh, Blog Talk Radio, if you like the show, which is blogtalkradio.com forward slash Cindy Meyer, and that's spelled C-Y-N-D-E-M-E-Y-E-R. If you favorite the show, uh, that just lets the Blog Talk folks from up above know that, that people are listening to the show. They know the stats, but they also like people to, to like the show. The other thing is is that if you will send an email to SpiritSeeker, uh, info at SpiritSeeker.com, we will um, send you a weekly email reminder about the new, the next you know uh, guest that I will be interviewing. And we also let you know of other Mind, Body, Spirit events uh, happening throughout the U.S. We also let you know when the new magazine is up uh, online and and we do not sell our list, so it's sacrosanct. We also accept donations, so if you would like to make a donation to the show, just send me an email to info at spiritseeker.com, and then I will walk you through that process. All is good. All We're very grateful. So thank you so much, and we'll be back with you next week.
trabajar. 